This podcast provides a platform for our guests to express their own personal views and opinions. Some or all of these views and opinions may not be shared by Ben and or Yoel. Welcome to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. The podcast where we highlight stories of dads on the other side of divorce. To inspire and give strength to dads going through it. I'm Ben. And I'm Yoel. Welcome to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. You can find us on twodadtoquit.com, Two Dad to Quit on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Don't forget to like, share, comment. This will get uh, our message out to as many people as possible to help as many people as possible. And don't forget to reach out to us to share your own story. We Everyone has a story to share, and it can help as many people as possible. This week, we sit down with Brian Spivak. Brian, man, is a ball of energy. He's an old friend of mine. He's he's positive positivity in a nutshell. Uh, he, you know, is just like a fervor for life. He happens to be much younger than I am, so maybe it's that. But you know, I think I think his essence is positivity, uh, and uh, you know, from sports to travel to his kids, anything that he puts effort into. He, he dives all in and uh, it's evident from hearing him speak. Yeah. And, and Brian was, it was really a pleasure. Like you said, Ben, his positivity really like the, the type of guys we, we love to have on this podcast. And he's really a great blend, a uh, great example of somebody who is very honest and authentic about, you know, the fact that divorce is painful and that there were times that were very difficult for him, but then he talks about how he made an intention to grow and develop and make sure that he accepts the fact that this is reality and what's he going to do about it. And he shows what he's done about it. He's taken life in his own hands, so to speak. He plays hockey, he travels, he has fun, his to the point where people who had a certain view of him before see a completely different person because he really is a completely different person. So it was just so amazing sitting down with Brian. He has so many pearls of wisdom. So for our audience, don't miss a single word that Brian has to say. You can learn from every single word of this podcast. And I'm super excited for our audience. Yeah. And it was also cool to hear his professional uh, trajectory and how he consciously took one comment from his uh, manager and changed completely how he operated at work and it has paid uh paid off completely and uh we really are excited for you to hear this episode enjoy this week we are sitting down with brian brian is a single father of two daughters hailing from new jersey brian tries to extract the most out of life while constantly pushing himself to grow through personal development alongside parenting brian is very active in his community with a leadership role in his synagogue in Tel Aviv. During his free time, Brian is pretty active, enjoying travel and playing sports such as ice hockey, snowboarding, and tennis. He always finds time to enjoy the beauty that Tel Aviv has to offer with its beaches, parties, social events, and active immigrant community. Professionally, Brian had the pleasure of working in tech sales within really creative companies. Most recently, spending five years at Powtoon, the video animation software company. Currently, Brian is in the world of influencer marketing, connecting the creator economy with brand sponsorships and insightful data. So we should talk definitely after this show. Brian, welcome. 
It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, I've been one of those I've been chasing for a long time. <laughs> yeah, sorry it's taking so long. <laughs> it's okay. Time. You've been traveling the world and uh, playing hockey yeah. anywhere you can find it. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to ask you about that, the hockey. Uh, where, where does that come from? Because you're not Canadian, right? You're from New Jersey, if I heard Ben correctly. That's right. You know, everyone, it's funny. Everyone thinks I'm Canadian. Um, and, well, I am. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> oh, you are. Okay. So yeah. people are like, hey, Brian, you're Canadian, right? And I'm like, oh, because you know I play hockey. And then they're like, oh, you play hockey? And I'm like, okay, so it's definitely not that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I get accused in a good way of being Canadian. But I don't know. The way it started was I just picked up a hockey stick. Actually, my brother was like always into hockey. Um, he played it like on his high school team in New Jersey. Um, and, you know, older brother, you kind of look up to him. And uh, one day I just like picked up a hockey stick and I'm a lefty and I just picked up a righty hockey stick. It was a senior stick. It was massive. I was like, I don't know, probably eight years old or something. Right. Um, and I started playing with it. And I'm like, all right, cool. This, this thing looks kind of interesting. And um, since then I've been a righty. And since then I've only been playing with senior sticks. And now if you actually watch me play or anyone that knows me on the ice, um, my sticks are always massively longer than most most other uh, players. <laughs> are, are you offense or defense? Um, I now play offense, but I've dabbled back and forth. Um, and I have, I guess, like an interesting trajectory of like how I got, got to ice hockey. Um, so I, I didn't take the traditional route, which was like, all right, you're in the Northeast, right? Like you start playing ice hockey. No, I started playing foot hockey like in my, in my backyard. And then, um, then all of a sudden one day there was just like a roller hockey game that broke out, like in front of my, like on my street. So I started playing roller hockey, got really into that, loved it. Uh, joined many leagues, wanted to play ice hockey. My parents said, no way, not happening, too dangerous. Um, they were actually right. And we'll, <laughs> I can get to that <laughs> later. <laughs> and, um, I, uh, they actually allowed me to play one season um, and that was it. And they're like, no, nah, it's too dangerous, too crazy. Um, and um, yeah, I guess so. They didn't throw that one out there. Um, but yeah, it is a crazy expensive sport now that I'm paying for it. Like I see it. <laughs> um, and uh, actually crazy enough is that like when I made Aliyah, when I moved to Israel, uh, moved to the Middle East, the desert. Uh, that's when I started playing ice hockey. <laughs> that's crazy. With Danny Spodek? You play in Danny Spodek? Yeah, thing? yeah. Oh. I play with him. Yeah, he's uh, he's sometimes on our team. And um, yeah, he runs a lot of the leagues um, in, in Israel. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. Send him my regards. I, I know I'm back from Toronto. But by the way, I was, I was asking about the stick because a lot of defensemen use bigger hockey sticks. But it's pretty rare for an offense to use... Uh, to use a big hockey stick. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. You know what? I've been saying for a while that I want to try and uh, shorten the stick a little bit to maybe work on, I don't know, like just improving my game a little. Um, we'll see. It might, it might happen. I I'm really trying. It's just a hard adjustment to like any adjustment in life is difficult, you know? <laughs> right. right, right. That's yeah. true. I actually also played ice hockey, but I, you know, another guy growing up in Jersey, big, huge devils fan. Um, mm. But I, I was just a big, I skated all the time, but never, never hockey. I just enjoyed skating and snowing people. Yeah. Um, 
that was that was my jam. Uh, played hockey floor, uh, probably roller hockey more than floor hockey. Yeah. And then I went to college, and they're like, "Hey, college needs an, another uh, and like Division two team to to really join the league or something like that." And they're like, <laughs> "It's either between soccer and hockey." You and we we heard you can skate, so you want to try it out? So I borrowed some yeah. guy's gear. And we started a, a hockey club with the hopes of being an official team. And uh, that didn't go because <laughs> yeah. hockey is expensive and soccer, you just need a ball. Oh my um, God. I think that's why it's the most popular sport in the world. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but, and then I needed all the gear because I fell in love with it. And mm-hmm. my father was like, sorry, no hockey, no grades, no hockey. Yeah. So for one semester, I got the best grades I ever got in my entire college career got my mm-hmm. gear and then it was downhill from there but, uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah no it's it's uh it's, uh, yeah. it's a yeah i gotta say the, the, the adjustment for me going from roller hockey to ice was really really difficult um okay you get used to like the the puck handling the shooting takes some getting used to but i the also skating's make, totally different the skating's totally yeah different. And, yeah. I, and I had to make the transition because I was playing ball hockey, like um, roller hockey with and a ball. And then a huck. And, and no, then, then I transferred to playing roller hockey with a puck. So I got used to that. So that uh-huh. that that was helpful in kind of managing the the, tr- the slower transition to, to ice. But then getting on the ice and trying to be like really natural and just, you know, fluid. And, you know, for me, skating, I was a really good skater on, mm-hmm. on roller like that was my strength it was like speed and just like moves agility and yep. then and it's it's totally second nature and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're on the ice and you actually have to consciously think how to not do the thing that you were that your body's so trained to do yeah and it's really challenging so for the first like two years i would constantly fall on your face on my ass yeah every single because if you need to stop in roller mm-hmm. hockey you swing your foot out and create friction. Yep. If you yep. do that in ice, you spin, you you cut into the ice and you spin around in a circle and fall on your ass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so funny because yep. I'm exactly the opposite. Like I grew up playing ice hockey. I played in the house league for seven years. Yeah. And when I switched to not switch, but I would try both floor, uh, roller hockey. I, I couldn't stop. So I would just like, yeah. go, I have to stop. I like crash. I'm, I'm for those listening, I'm putting my hands out to avoid, you know, crashing into a wall. So I was the exact opposite. I was so used to ice hockey. So it's funny. Yeah. Your, uh, your experience of it, the opposite way. So funny. Yeah. And it was really hard because I love rollerblading. I have, I just moved and I like still have my rollerblades and I have not used them in like eight years and the reason is because I can't do both now. I had to make a decision. It's either ice or roller. Because one time, uh, like there was a league that was starting, a, a roller hockey league that was starting up. And I properly got into ice hockey. And I was like feeling, I was getting into it. And I was like doing it for like maybe a year. Um, and so I played one game of roller. And first of all, I completely forgot how to stop and how to turn like everything. I was a disaster. Yeah. And then when I went back to ice, I like felt like I lost six months on any improvement that I had. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, like my adult brain cannot process and handle both. It's got to be one or the other. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, my heart is in the on the ice. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. So you just you just went to to Russia. Where did you go training? You just like you're not just a casual hockey player. <laughs> like you went to a hockey camp somewhere, no? <laughs> 
That's yeah, that's right. Uh, good research. Yeah, good. I guess Instagram <laughs> research. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to an international ice hockey training camp in wow. uh, the Czech Republic or Czechia. I don't know what they call it now. Um, and it was not in Prague. It was in a city called Nim Nimbruk. Uh, which is like 40 minutes outside of Prague, small little quaint town in the middle of nowhere. And, mm. um, you know, I was there for seven days, um, played ice, like basically trained, worked out or, or was on the ice for four to five times a day. Wow. I, it sounds <laughs> like a dream. It was a dream, but also if your dream is like, not being able to walk up the stairs to your room. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I literally could not move. And that's what's crazy. I, I, and also I feel like that, I don't know, I'm, I'm watching like NHL playoff hockey now and you just know like how hard these guys are just like getting beaten up and you just, you like, you feel their like courage, their passion, their drive to like, no matter what, puck to the face, 72 stitches, doesn't matter skate to the face doesn't matter getting back on the ice like the same period and so like that same drive of like the like you can while you're getting dressed and you're putting your equipment on you're like i can't move the moment your feet touch the ice you're like it's like just everything quiets down and you just mm. feel so at peace and the adrenaline just starts running and it's magical and i've always i've always noticed that I can be in a ridiculous amount of pain. I could feel, I could not feel good. Um, I could just be not in the mood to play hockey at all. The moment my, my, those skates touch the ice, I don't feel any pain. I don't feel any of that. It's just like this amazing yeah. feeling. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're, so you're, so that was one trip you made, but you're yeah. also doing like other crazy trips, like boats, ships i don't know what they're called uh out on the mediterranean for for weeks at a time or how how is that where did you find that did you do that did you travel younger or this is all um, a post-divorce thing that you you know you live and let live because i i believe you got covid on a after a ski trip like you've you've been on a trip so to speak yeah, I've been I've been very very fortunate to be able to travel. I feel incredibly lucky. Um, I've sometimes traveled for work, sometimes traveled for just straight up vacation. Um, yeah, there was one trip I went on uh, where like everyone got COVID. It was like an organized mm -hmm. Jewish trip with like I don't know a hundred people in twenty twenty one. It was like. January 2021 it was New Year's 2021 and like everyone got COVID from it uh from that trip um and listen like it was it, that was an adventure like navigating you know like how you were going to manage to like get all the things that you wanted um oh actually no you're right um no there, there's there's another story related to like going on a ski trip and not getting COVID but I was actually one of the first people in quarantine. Um, ah, okay. So I went on a ski trip to a snowboarding trip to Austria. And um, it was March. It was we went January 27th to like March 2nd or something. And it's so like a five day trip. And when we got back, um, 
they announced that like anyone who had been to um so on march 4th right so two days after i got back from the trip um went to the office like it was just normal days at work um and they announced that anyone had been to uh austria germany france and like a few other countries had to go into 14 days retroactively into quarantine Mm. so we were one of the first people to do it and it was like crazy challenging i did it with one of my friends uh who we went on the trip together um and just not being able to leave your house your home and like uh, like and also like watching the 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 country and the world just completely just slowly like fall apart in a way <laughs> um and not have not having access to like prepare and get ready yourself was like really challenging um it was just a, of course a crazy time for everyone mm. yeah yeah I, I remember you documenting that uh pretty pretty uh creatively at some point yeah. i think <laughs> i think you you built a loft or, or a porch or yeah we built you, like it was quite funny because um my friend had moved into this like uh, kind of like a new apartment for her um and she was like in the middle of like finishing this like big room that she was building on the roof um and it was like still like during winter time when it was like kind of raining a little bit um and it wasn't yet like fully insulated and sealed up and like the roof wasn't really on and so we were like kind of finishing up like really it was kind of actually just the base right the 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 frame of the like big outdoor room was there we needed to put on window like walls and windows and insulation and the funny part was is that um the insulation like this special spray um was uh like to like insulate um like places whatever it's a yeah. special foam that it like expands right yeah. and the and the the spray is called bidud in hebrew which means uh, <laughs> quarantine no which means isolation isolation, isolation. isolation. right and yeah. so like I started spraying it like we're just like documenting this and like just totally off the cuff I'm like this is like special bedude spray special isolation spray to keep <laughs> out like all the zombies right like <laughs> we pretend it was like this zombie apocalypse but it really felt like that and it was just like such a wild like coincidence that this spray was called bedude and we were in isolation it was really funny we were in yeah yeah Wow. Um, okay. So, so let's talk about, I, I really, I'm so curious about this, uh, this trip, just living on a boat. Oh yeah. Mediterranean for, for a while. Oh, How, yeah. Where did you find the people to go with? It was it a, like an organized thing. It was a, every one guy knew how to sail a boat and you're all like, all right, let's hop on a plane and, and see how it goes. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess from pictures, maybe it seems like that. Um, and in some ways it's like super chill and casual um basically this guy who i've been acquainted with for a long time is uh is, has his sailing license uh we went on a snowboarding trip together like an organized snowboarding trip together um and we became from acquaintances to to good friends on that trip and he's like all right brian you got to come on the next sailing trip that i go on and i've seen and he's invited me in the past to go on these sailing trips and basically he has his skipper's license he got it from uh, this um, uh, sailing school called Yam Sailing in in Tel Aviv. And uh, they go on these organized trips. And so he invited me and I'm like, all right, let's do it. And basically what it is, is it's an organized 
trip to a certain extent um, where they take like four or five boats, um, each with a skipper oh. who I'm training from and, and has their license from the school. Um, and then they invite people without any experience. You don't need to have any experience to go on this trip. Um, and it can be really anywhere, anywhere there's water, I guess. <laughs> um, but we've gone to Greece, we've gone to Sicily, and you sail around these islands, just going from island to island, like every single day um, with random people. Um, sometimes it's friends, sometimes, you know, we, we get a group that we know. Um, and it's a flotilla of boats, right? So we're always going together. Um, sometimes you can't see the other boats, sometimes you can. Um, and sometimes you get too close sometimes, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a wild, crazy fun experience. Um, and you're, you're learning in a way you're learning how to sail. Um, it, you're not going through the full motions of like sure. really learning how to be a skipper, but you're learning some of the basics and you're doing things. You're, you're pulling the jib, you're opening this, you're anchoring and you're understanding the, uh, some of the mechanics and and how things work and if you have a good skipper like we had friend nick um he teaches you how why we're doing this and what we need to do um and it's really it, it combined to me it's like the ultimate trip because it combines so many different elements it combines like ultimate relaxation adventure um d discovery of like new places and new people and culture and food and just so much but also uh, you're learning, like you're learning an, uh, a skill and mm -hmm. you're be really, really intense and, 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 and serious at times, because when you're like anchoring and when you're, when there's a few boats around, like you need to be really on and it's like no messing around. It's like focus and let's, we need to make sure that we're not hitting other boats and we're doing everything correctly. Wow. So and what's cool. the price range for something like that? I think it's like uh for a, basically a seven to ten day trip it's like seven days on the boat and then like all together it's like 10 days yeah like i think around like five four or five thousand checkout it's not crazy yeah. expensive it's like a thousand eleven twelve hundred something like that us yeah. it's it's very it's very reasonable it's, uh, yes it's, yeah. wow it sounds like it's, a dream yeah, there's one coming up uh, in June, and uh, I can't go on it. It's just like the timing is not right, uh, and I'm really having a little FOMO. <laughs> <laughs> How big are these boats? Like, what's the? I'm just like curious. What's the sleeping arrangement like? Is it like this tiny little cabin per person? Like, how big are the boats? Yeah, good question. So it's, uh, I think it's like, for everything like forty to forty to fifty feet, mm -hmm. right? Oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess yeah, they do feet. Yeah. It's it's funny how like certain things are like feet, even though it's meter, yeah. And right, like, meters, inches, yeah. right? Like, you know, no matter where you are, a TV is like, you know, something, you know, a certain number of inches, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I think boats are like that also. Um, so yeah, I think I think we had like 46 foot boat, sailboat. Um, and yeah, you're sleeping on the boat every single night. Um, mm. and usually you're kind of doubled up. Um, you're sleeping in the same bed cabin with one other person. Um, I think we, we were six people for an eight person boat, the skipper slash captain got his own room and the, the designated chef got her own room also, you know, that was kind of like the price or you know, the, the, you know, the, yeah. the benefit that she got. Yeah. Cool.
That's yeah. really cool. I'm actually obsessed with like the they have like the reality sailing shows. Oh and, yeah, what's it called? I, I can't. Uh, below deck or something, right? Yeah, below deck. So they have yeah. like Mediterranean and and now they they've expanded like all over, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm obsessed with those shows. Just uh, nice. the, <laughs> the idea the idea of just floating around. I'm also a huge snorkeler. Uh, mm. And scuba diving is is on my short list of things to get to get done. Um, yeah. So this to me that's like a super dreamy thing. Yeah, um, it was great that I got. Also, I got a GoPro uh, like right before uh, these trips, um, and it just made for incredible footage. And it was so much fun, like editing it and putting the footage together. Wow, it's amazing. So cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, so. You, um, when, after the divorce, I called you, you were one of those people that like, I didn't have a big list of people that I knew that were divorced. And so I reached out to you and you're like, yeah, call me dude. Um, Mm -hmm. and I remember that conversation and it was very different than most of the conversations that I had. Um, kind of, it was much more, I guess, positive or like, you don't know what's going to be you can there's so many opportunities that you know you can you can decide what you want this side of your life to be um and and, you know it gave me a lot to think about but i I like i want to dive into your mind of kind of i I know it wasn't your ideal situation Mm -hmm. but that process of going from hey this is the reality that i'm in to what am i going to make my reality because i think you know you took that very seriously a hundred percent. Yeah. And when was your divorce, Brian? Just for. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 So I was, uh, I was married seven years and now I am divorced seven years. So it's been a while. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting question. Uh, and I, I do get, um, you know, a lot of calls from people, uh, or like introductions. Uh, some people I know, Ben, you know, I happen to know you We work together. We're friendly. Um, but sometimes I get like calls from random people like, Hey, my friend's going to divorce and, you know, can you chat with you? And I'm always, always happy to chat. Um, and yeah, listen, I, I think, um, I'm very lucky. Um, in general, I'm like just a super positive, optimistic person. Um, definitely shows I'm just meeting you, but it definitely shows. Yeah. Great energy. Great energy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And listen, some of it is like, you know, nature. Um, but there's a lot of it that I specifically worked on. Um, and I, I think that like optimism and gratitude, like had to go into overdrive post-divorce. It was Mm -hmm. like, all right, all that, that you kind of had a little bit of, now it's time to kick into high gear because this is like really testing your resolve. Um, and so for me, it was like, it ended up being this journey of like self-improvement, trying to, you know, find ways to stay positive um, and to just appreciate life um, and look at like, wow, like I just have, I have so much ahead of me, right? I have no idea what I don't know. Um, and also just the, just, you know, I, I, I have like a few mantras, um, that I've 
developed or I've like just like, you know, phrases or mission statements or things. I've got like a bunch of them that I came up with. Uh, one of them that I don't think that I came up with is that I think relates to your question, Ben, is you got to deal with reality on reality's terms, mm. right? Like you can have this idea of like, well, I wish it was, how come it's not like this? <laughs> no, it is. This mm. is what it is. And you have to deal with reality on reality's terms. And the sooner that you're able to get through that, get that through your head, anybody in any situation, easier it's going to be for you, right? Mm. And I, I, I'm not somebody who likes to dwell in the past. I do think that there is, um, that it's important to think about the past, but only in a way that's going to be um, beneficial and a learning um, experience. Something that you can be like, well, why didn't this work out? What what could I have done? And it's not like about like trying to blame yourself or blame another person. But I always think about this as an in any situation, why was this, why did this person just react like this? Why did this person say something that actually kind of hurt me? Why did this person, you know, in a very sincere way said something that really hurt me? Um, are they just, are they, they're just a terrible person. They're mean, they're out to get me, right? Is that really it? Why did this person say that? And I think if you can pause and really just internalize whatever it is that was said, right? And maybe don't do it right away. Maybe put that in your pocket for a little bit later um, when you're maybe a little bit more calm and think, why did they say that, right? And these were things that I had to think about. I had to look deep inside me um, and realize that they're worse, you know, when you get married, when you're 23 years old, hmm. there's certain, I don't know, I guess, uh, def not deficiencies, but certain things that you just lack when you're, you know, we're not evolved. We're not, yeah, we're not evolved. We have yeah. our, our personalities have not developed and our identity has not yet developed. And then you go into a relationship and all of a sudden you're kind of meant to figure out how to be a mature adult that can problem solve, that can grow, that can have emotional intelligence. And that was, that was actually something that I realized that I, I lacked. I lacked mm -hmm. when I was, when I was married, I lacked emotional intelligence, right? I think I was a pretty decent communicator, um, but definitely improved on that. And I made it my mission to improve my emotional intelligence. Um, and somebody recently, and you know, because I made it one of my missions, like it's something that I actively worked on. And when you get a compliment that, you know, for something that you know you worked really, really hard on, um, it's really meaningful. And somebody said to me, you know, I actually did like an interview for a, for a fundraiser for some organization in Tel Aviv. Um, and the interviewer like said to me, he's like, wow, you've got, you know, some, you know, emotion, good emotional intelligence and insightful. It was a good interview. And I just said to him, I was like, you don't even know how much that means to me. Like, this was something that I struggled with. Um, yeah. So went off on a little tangent there, but, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's something that I think we, we all have the opportunity to like 
to to internalize what's going on around us and to not just like harp on like oh i can't believe this happened it's like no it happened and i teach this to my kids all the time mm. um how old are your kids I, um i've got two daughters uh mm. they're age nine and almost 11 mm. cool and okay, um, anyway, yeah. yeah i say to them all the time i was like we can't necessarily control what happens to us but what we can control is how we respond 100 percent. always tell that to them and we as adults don't necessarily do that so how can we do that how can we take that lesson and i and and i i always strive to figure out ways that i can um respond to whatever's happening around me um in a positive way internalize it in an appropriate way as opposed to just thinking like negative thoughts hmm long-winded answer i guess <laughs> no that that's perfect i i there there's so much insight in that in that answer yeah. that I, I can already see the comments rolling in that this is uh really important stuff uh mm -hmm. so on, on the business front you know i feel like i've seen you early on in your career and then kind of watched i guess over the last seven eight years of morphing mm -hmm. brian into into what you are now um, but yeah. I'd like to go back kind of into, you know, you started out, I think it was sales, maybe account management when I knew you. Yeah, um, sales. Yep. Yeah. And then kind of, you know, the divorce happened when we were working together. The adjustment to that. I remember your little girls running around the office um, yeah. and and uh, just seeing you grow up in, in personally, but also professionally uh, is very impressive to watch from afar. Um and uh, so, I, I, you know, kind of your journey of how you went from, you know, this fresh sales guy who had two little kids, went through, uh, you know, this divorce and was still able to continue to grow along the way. Like, I don't, you know, maybe I didn't see it, but it seemed like you were always going forward with that aspect of your life. And you wouldn't let, you know, whatever happened to you hold you back from growing. Uh, so I'd like to, you know, hear from you kind of how how you persevered through all of that um, and then kind of some of the roles that you took on, because that's also been kind of mm -hmm. a kind of a thing, a fun thing to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. And I guess like going back to those days at at Tune, um, we worked together. Yeah, like that was that was crazy. Like that was when I got divorced. Like it's such a pivotal moment in my life um and i remember um because I, I think i was like really good at like holding it together and like being positive and um you know for me i i think i'm a i have like pretty good control over my emotions but yet i feel like i'm like a more emotional person like i'll cry at movies and i'm like why am i crying at like this like <laughs> like it's so ridiculous to cry at this movie and i'm crying <laughs> at it right like i'm like what's going on here right <laughs> um and uh i just remember um going out to lunch uh with a guy by the name of adam dukes who's like just the kindest sweetest human being um and uh went out to lunch he's like hey what's going on you know and uh, he's like, yeah, you don't seem like you're yourself. And I'm like, ah, yeah, it's been kind of tough. And um, I just remember I just, I just like said it. I just like spit it out. Like, I'm like, I'm getting divorced. And I just started like bawling, bawling, mm. like 
all of this was like like you know being held yeah. up in front of me and it's like let it out and it was like it was just a crazy intense moment and i i, I can't even imagine what it was like for adam to be on the other <laughs> side <laughs> like <laughs> holy shit this guy just like poured his heart out and told me he's getting divorced um and uh yeah it's just like that was like a raw serious intense moment um and uh yeah i guess like switching gears from the emotional part to the to the career growth side um it hasn't been such an easy journey for me um you know like on linkedin or like whenever you catch up with someone it's always like oh it looks like you're just rocking it you know yeah <laughs> it's it's been challenging and um i guess what's really cool looking back on it is i feel like when i was at my prior roles i felt like i knew nothing like sorry now looking back and i'm like i knew nothing but at the time you're like ah oh, i got this i'm good i know what i'm doing um and oh i actually i came up with like a uh yeah like speaking of like a mantra or an idea phrase whatever is that my i i I, I've been investing a lot in my like personal and professional growth, um, <laughs> taking different classes and different activities or things um, uh, like reading books, podcasts, whatever. And I, I look back on just my time three, four, five years ago, whatever it is. And I, I say, I was like, I knew nothing then. And so I realized that is kind of like maybe a little bit of a goal of mine is that in two years from now, I want to look back on this time and be like, I knew nothing, you know, mm. uh, yeah. or to kind of like feel you know, to a certain degree, you know, obviously when you compound that over, you know, years, you shouldn't really feel like that, but you should feel like, wow, like I really grew so much. And one of the ways that I reflect on that is like three years ago, four years ago, I really felt like I, I knew nothing compared to where I am now. Um, so that's a good, like, I don't know, barometer for for me mm -hmm. to like you know to grow um but um it really it hasn't been been easy um you know there were many times where i felt like i you know felt like i was gonna get fired i wasn't hitting numbers and in sales there's always there's, there's constant pressure yeah um and you know i i guess I, i've got like this I don't know. I've got like this, I don't know, interesting personality where I'm like energetic, fun, you know, friendly. Um, and then sometimes I can come across as not so serious. Maybe it's not super professional. And I, I wanted to, you know, grow in my career where, where people would take me seriously. Right. That wasn't, that, that wasn't like something that you could just, snap your fingers and and happen overnight and sometimes you have to i think with any stage any growth that you experience in life there's gonna be a crazy amount of pain that comes with it right i, I think like we all can relate to divorce right the growth that happens after divorce is because this immense pain that you experienced mm. um and there was i, I remember there was a, a pivotal moment I, I don't think i really shared this with anyone um, but there was a pivotal moment, um, at my last job, um, where I, I was doing well, I was like, you know, fine. Um, and, um, there was a moment where my boss said to me, 
and my boss can be pretty dry and, and to the point and like you know he definitely wasn't one for like praise and mm. chit chat the small talk just like kind of straight to it um but i learned a ton from him i really i learned so much from him um and there was a pretty intense moment where he said to me he's like how do you think your colleagues feel about you like on my specific team like do you think that they take you seriously and i was like and i was like whoa and i had like this moment of like wow it's like fun energetic like clown who's like okay fine can like you know make sales and like hit targets sometimes right not always um but do they perceive me as like professional and it just it's like hit me and i wasn't like oh why did he say that he's such a jerk you know i was like no he's sharing something that is probably really hard for him to to share yeah and it was like this moment where i'm like screw this like i never and i I remember that feeling was, it was one of the worst feelings I've, I've had internally. I was like, I never want to feel like that again. I never want to feel like people don't take me seriously, mm-hmm. that they're maybe making fun of me or whatever it is. I never want that feeling that I had again. What am I going to do to prevent that from happening? And it was a pivotal moment. I turned, turned it around and, you know, probably people didn't notice. It was a very gradual thing. And, and, I noticed a significant change and, you know, over the course of time, new people come into the company and I noticed that people's perception of me was completely different than what it was. Uh-huh. What did you do? What's not making jokes? Um, no, listen, <laughs> I don't think you can take the humor out of it, but I, 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 I don't know. Um, I, I don't think I could, specifically pinpoint one or two things it was just a hyper awareness of the things that i say and maybe it's not yeah maybe it's actually not joking around all the time but like when it's time to be serious it's let's be serious let's Mm. focus um and also investing in my personal and professional growth and like realize where my potential shortcomings are, things that I struggled with and in investing in those things and not trying to like hide them or push them away, but saying, no, I realize that I have a shortcoming in this particular area. I'm going to work on that. Hmm. What, you know, and I wanted to ask you, I mean, first of all, I, I just wanted to say that I I reflect back on what you you, you shared. I really relate to that concept of of this boss at the time asking you, you know, how do you think people look at you? I've had a few sort of, um, you know, revelations myself where I've per- I perceive myself in a certain way. And then I hear certain things that people say to me. And it's like, really, is that how you look at me? Or is that how that person looks at me? And I think that, you know, there's a sort it's sort of um, trite or cliche to say, like, what do you care what other people think? And there's some truth to that. You have to, you know, be secure in yourself. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't learn or it can't be instructive to hear how other people view you. So I really relate to what you're saying. Uh, and thanks for that, uh, Brian. But the, the other, but what I wanted to ask you is, you know, you sort of mentioned investing in yourself. 
because I'm into that as well, personal development. I started buying a lot of books and listening to more podcasts. So I'm curious if you can share with our audience what sort of personal development uh, steps or th- how how you invested in yourself. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm into, you know, finding those like, those, uh, those books, those, I don't know, self-help books, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, there's some that are just really incredible. Um, there was, there, there was a few that were pretty inspirational and there's a few, uh, YouTube shows that I've been watching. Um, there, yeah. And, and, and there's classes that I took also. So I'll go, I'll go through like the, some of the books first, then the YouTube stuff. Mm. Um, awesome. and some of these just really, if you internalize it, you really focus on like what they're saying. It could really be life changing. So one of them was uh, is a book by uh, Tim Ferriss, which is like his, you know, um, like his uh, summaries of many of his podcasts, and he interviews some of the greatest leaders and minds, and you know, just titans of of it, of everything. And actually, the the book is called Tools of Titans. Big, oh, yeah. Uh, book uh I, I just moved so it's not on my book it's not on my bookshelf yet but it is one of those books that's like readily accessible like if i have a few minutes open that book to any page and just start reading Amazing. and that's what's really cool about the book yeah um and then there was this book called um how to talk to anyone or how to how to talk to anyone i think it's called by lyle lyle loundis i think i'm pronouncing her name wrong it's okay we'll get it from you after the show we'll put it yeah in yeah yeah and it's like all about communication skills all about effective speaking habits communication and that really helped me hmm. um i then also yeah, there's a few things that help my my communication skills. That I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I started um, doing improv. I started taking improv class. Wow. I forgot. I forgot about that. That's yeah. awesome. Um, it's it's something that's been on my mind for for a while. Like I I've been listening to to different podcasts, um, and I, just hearing how people can like reenact and like just get into moments and like improvise off the cuff was like super impressive. And a couple of like guests or, or co-hosts on these shows would say, Oh, I started taking improv classes or doing improv. And you could just hear how it improved their ability to just contribute to the show. And so I was like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I I never really kind of like pursued it. And then one day my company did like a, um, a company fun day outing. And as part of it, they brought in, some uh like uh somebody do like improv fun games and it was super fun hilarious entertaining and uh i went over to the to the to the host afterwards and i said oh do you do do classes or anything she's like yeah absolutely her name is adaya she does these like english speaking improv courses for you know beginners for people with anxiety you can do advanced courses um and she's got like she does she's part of an improv troupe um and they're called barefoot and they put on shows and they're absolutely hilarious if you want to laugh for like 45 minutes straight you go to that show it's hilarious even in my classes that i'm taking we're you know learning certain skills and concepts and then we're from there we're just you know laughing and just acting and just we're having a great time yeah 
That's so yeah. cool. And oh, and one actually the biggest game changer for me was mantra, phrase, concept, you know, uh, um, uh, New Year's resolution that I took on that literally changed my life. Um, and people have actually said to me, like, over the last two years, I, I've seen just like a different version of Brian. Mm. Um, and it was just this New Year's resolution that I came up with, which was say yes to things that make you uncomfortable. Mm but that are objectively good. Wow. Yeah. Yes. The things that make you uncomfortable that are objectively good. That's and, where growth lives right there. Yeah. hundred percent. And my first test of that was um, like, we were going to, uh, we were going to a, a conference, like at my last job at Powtoon, we were going to a conference and the head of um, marketing, whatever came over to me. And she's like, Ryan, you know, we're going to this conference. Uh, we have a speaking slot. We want you to speak. Um, you up for that? I'm like, yeah, of course. No problem. In my head, I'm like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? You're crazy. You know, you hate public speaking. Like you're terrible. Like, no, that's going to make your trip to Vegas like so much worse. Like, no. Yeah. And that was my first test. Um, that's great. It ended up going really really well it was my first real time like doing like proper public speaking um and since then i've like other people have asked me like at just like my community and my synagogue they'll be like oh brian we're doing some like fundraiser can you speak for it and i was like yeah sure no problem and then now i like you know i do it all the time i was like scared of it and now i get up like without sometimes really within only like two minutes of preparation, you know, my rabbi will sometimes come over and be like, Hey, Brian, you know, can you talk about like this and this concept, like to the, to the, to the synagogue today? And I'm like, uh, cool. Yeah, sure. No problem. And I'll like get up and just speak kind of like off the cuff, which is crazy because like two years ago, I could never even do anything close to that. Wow. Um, and the important part is for anyone who wants to take on this idea is it's not enough to just say, oh, yeah, it sounds like a great concept, but you have to hold yourself accountable. Say it out loud. Tell people that this is something that you want to do. Not necessarily public speaking, whatever it is, just that you want to say yes to things that are uncomfortable. So that when somebody does ask you, hey, can you do this thing for me or can you help me out? The answer is yes, because you've told them that that's your thing now. That's yeah, put, put, putting it out into the ether is a yep. very important, big part of that. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to go back to your your thing saying you didn't know anything at your job when you look backwards. So yeah. there's this really cool concept of trusting in your future self. So right now you're in a position and it looks impossible. But in five years from now, you're going to look back and be like, oh, that was easy. Like, come on, future self's got it. I don't mm. have to get it right now, but I'm going to work at this and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to succeed. And my future self is going to look back and be like, why were you worrying about that? So yeah. this future self guy, you need to trust in him because he is super powerful. He knows much more than you ever knew at this moment. And he's got worlds of knowledge, worlds of skill, and, and he'll take you through anything. So oh, I love that, Ben. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now how can I 
help future self get to that point. Exactly. What do I need to do? And yeah, it's like, you know, the, the visualization, uh, like see yourself as successful, talk about that. You're going to be able to do this thing mm. and you can make it happen. Yeah. That's cool. I like yeah, that. Exactly. And the other thing I heard recently was uh, apparently Steve Jobs says you can't connect the dots going forward. Yeah. But, but when you go forward, you see those dots clear as day. Yeah. I love that. That's great. So no way, you know, when you're in it, you have no clue, but when you're out of it and you look back, you'll be like, Oh dude, I had to work with Brian because Brian, I needed him on my podcast. Yeah. So easy peasy. But uh, <laughs> when, when you're in it, you have no clue. Like what, what is this Brian guy doing in my life? So, uh, and yeah. the, the, <laughs> so true. The yeah. last, yeah. And the last thing I really like is uh, there's no such thing as an extra in your movie of your life. So every person from start to finish that is anywhere in your sphere, in your life, that, you know, movie of your life yeah, is there for a reason. And there are no extras. You don't know what that reason is. It might not even be in your lifetime. It could be, you know, three generations later. Oh, your dad was Ben. Oh, yeah. my mom, my mom used to hang out with him in high school. Yeah. Let's go out and date. And who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So, <laughs> so th those are kind of like really big concepts that are always in my mind um, because people get lost and they, you know, lost in the past, lost in not knowing the future. And you have to, there's a lot of trust there. Um, yeah. But as long as you keep moving forward, that hopefully you'll be able to look back and see those dots and why those yeah. things happen to you. hundred percent. And like, I, you know, I also just want to clarify something that, you know, I don't know, maybe I made it seem like, oh, when I got divorced, it was like, oh, like, I'll just stay positive and everything's going to be fine. You know, like <laughs> but when when I when I got divorced and, and especially during the period where it was like we weren't sure if we were going to stay together was one of the worst times of my life. Like emotionally, you're in this like purgatory period and mm. I feel like you feel like the biggest failure mm. you're like you couldn't hold this together you like what's wrong with you like you feel like your life is over that's how i felt right so yeah i, I you know maybe i painted this picture like <laughs> oh i'll be positive and everything's gonna be great no i felt like my life was over and i was a freaking failure like mm. <laughs> yeah and so but the lesson is that you really can turn it around and you can say and and what i did was you know like basically there was a period of hey wow this is terrible this is like the worst feeling in the world this like uncertainty that was the worst part the uncertainty yeah but for me i said the moment it was like 100 this is done it's over i was like all right how do we move on from here and that's it was like that was a switch for me yeah, I actually had written out if if we say together, this is the plan. If we get divorced, I have this plan. And I didn't put plan B in motion until I walked out of that divorce court. Yeah. But as soon as I did, like literally the day I started working Amazing. because because again, I in my mind, I did everything humanly possible not for it not to happen. But then, as you said, you have to accept the reality that is mm -hmm. and do yeah. what you need to do within it. 
Um, 100%. Yeah. And, and that's such a, you know, great feeling uh, too, Ben, is to feel that you did everything that you could. It's a really good feeling. Um, and I, I can say, I can say the same, um, you know, that's not to say like, oh, if your ex, you know, your ex would be like, no, well, he was, he didn't do this in our marriage and blah, blah, blah. I'm talking about like, when you're trying to like, figure out if there's a way that you guys can stay together once that once you're at that critical point do you feel like you did everything that you could and you know i it's it's a it's a really important feeling that can help you go forward is like do everything you can in that moment yeah. to to keep it together however like you said have that contingency plan like great if it goes south and i need to then be on my own and be that single father here's my plan and yeah like you just executed that executed on that from day one so like nice job i'm really glad you brought that up brian also for our audience because i think it is also important to for our audience to understand that it's okay to grieve in other words like it's okay to have a period of time where you're figuring out that shit in other words like you know everybody's different right so different people take different amounts of time uh, I think it, where it gets dangerous is where people sort of try to deny, you know, not try and maybe not even consciously, but they're denying their feelings they're denying their emotions. It's just like, you know what I mean? They're, they're kind of close to it. I think it's important to feel it. And that could take, yeah. you know, a month for some people. Like I have some friends who got remarried within a few months. And now mm -hmm. it doesn't mean necessarily that they did the work. I don't know, but I'm just giving right. that as an example. There are other men that may take three years. Like it really depends on everyone. But I think I'm glad you brought it up that it wasn't just like Mr. Positive all yeah. the time that you had to work on that. And it was a process because I think our yeah. audience know that, that it's okay. It's, it's natural. It's normal uh, to have feelings of failure, to have feelings of like what went wrong. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't turn it around at some point, just sort of accept the fact that you're going through those feelings. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. A hundred percent y'all. Yep. Yeah. And, and talking about being a single father, how has your relationship with your kids changed since the divorce? Because I know they were close to you're very close with you, but have yeah. things changed or how you parent or uh, or this new communicative person? Do they hmm. see the effects of that as well? I think just like as we grow as parents, like we're just constantly evolving. Um, I don't think that my kids have noticed anything different. They're, they're just getting older and more aware of life anyway. And, and they, they have now their strong opinions. Um, mm. So no, I, I don't, I don't think that there's anything that they could really see. I think I'm, I'm super, super lucky and, and grateful that I have a, really great relationship with my kids they they're they're super loving i have a great relationship with my ex um which uh, unfortunately is, is quite rare um we've always maintained a really good connection um and you know I, i'd like to say oh this is the formula for how to do it blah 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 it's it's there it's so complicated and it's it's probably the hardest thing to do because you're not in control of that, you know, mm -hmm. things that you can do and you could want it so badly. And you're like, no, I'm being such a good person. Like why can't, and so I, I have no judgment of people who don't have that because I know it's so rare. 
And it's almost like you have to find your, the one who's right for you to be your ex. You know? <laughs> yeah, you have to know who to divorce. But I'm, I'm yeah. curious about that, Brian, not to cut you yeah. off, but that is such an important concept. You said you're not in control of that. So, because you said earlier that we can control our responses and our reactions. So there's there's an element of control, I guess, in our growth and, and doing what we can to be conscious. But I do, I, I find that that is very true in a certain sense that at the end of the day, it takes two to tango. So like, what's your advice to people if you do have some that have challenges with their ex-wife where they feel like they are doing everything humanly possible to try and keep peace and be you know, civil and, and they, they just find that they're, you know, from their perspective, their ex just won't let them, like they just can't get to that point. Is there any advice you would give for somebody in that situation? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I haven't been there. I haven't been to, I mean, of course we get into disagreements and, you know, it, it can get heated sometimes and there can be anger and frustration, uh, but never to the point where like things were falling apart, where it affected like so much, it affected our kids, like super lucky. So I, I, I can't say I've, I've been there, but I, I guess just from a communication standpoint, like maybe it's, um, maybe it's something as just like, Hey, what, what do we want out of life for our kids? Like, what are our goals? Okay. We want our kids to be happy. How do we get there? What are things that we should never do? What are things that we should do? And like, sometimes it's just simple as like, almost like putting it down on paper, holding each other accountable. Um, And, you know, because of course, like, we know that it's toxic to say like, oh, your father never does this and your mother (laughs) did that. But like, we, we know that that's toxic, but like, but it's, it's, it's human nature sometimes to like, feel like you you know want to have you know some vengeance or or take it out you know because you know she did this and therefore I'm gonna do this or you know it's really easy to get caught up in that but I think if you establish like ground rules of like what are the things that we want and what are the things and and how do we get there this is the goal we want our kids to be happy and we want to have a good relationship ourselves how do we get there how do we make sure that resentment and like just um, other negative emotions don't get in the way because they're going to creep up. So how do we make sure that we prevent that? And when it does happen, how do we resolve it? Um, I think it's just like trying to have those conversations. And sometimes there's a completely immature party on the other, on the other side that, just you can't even have that conversation i was and about I, to say some people can't even have that can't. conversation and then you can't and 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 i think in in some ways it's just that's where you have to be like all right this is the reality that i'm dealt with now how do i work with this and right. it freaking sucks mm. I, I haven't felt that i'm super lucky but like that is it's and it's just the reality that so many single parents face is that they have you can still work on yourself you can still do what you can on your end to make it as best as you can and to let go and to not be resentful even if you you feel that you don't have a partner on the other side yeah for sure for sure and and i think always maintaining a positive 
um, positive image um, and talking about your ex, you know, the, the, the mother or father of your, of your children in a positive way, even if it's not happening on the other side, because your kids will remember that You'll, your kids will remember how you spoke about their mother, their father. And at the end of the day, you're insulting the, their mother, their father. Like, wh why is that helpful? Yeah, they're doing it. Fine. So now you want to have two, two sides, right? You want to have, all right, they already feel this negative thing about their father because their mother's, you know, saying negative things. Now you want your kids to have the, the other way also. Like, mm -hmm. so two wrongs don't make a right, obviously. But like, it's so hard. <laughs> it's very difficult. Um, so again, I'm not speaking from experience on that side and I can only imagine the level of like pain and emotional complications that having those disagreements. Um, so I, I am grateful and I like literally thank God every single day or most weeks that I have a good <laughs> with my ex. Like I, it's, it's one of the things that I'm so grateful for. Wow. Well said. Wow. Um, so I wanted to get back to your, to your kids for a second. Sure. Um, have they learned how to play ice hockey yet? Or when is that <laughs> happening? <laughs> I was like, oh man, Ben's going like deep. Like this is going to be. I thought so. Thing. I was thinking okay, the same. Yeah. yeah. I thought we were like getting into like some, you know, crazy. Sorry, y'all, you totally sidetracked my kid trap here. <laughs> That's really funny. That was hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, I I would love nothing more for that to happen. Um, I try and like like we'll watch hot. We, we try and watch hockey together. Um, like I mean, I can barely watch hockey because it's at like two in the morning. But like I'll mm. watch the highlights sometimes, um, and I'll watch you know like highlight reels of games and highlight reels of just like great plays with my kids. And um, so I, I'm trying to get them really into hockey um they love ice skating and they're okay. really good at it they're nice. really really good at it it's like just i mean one of my kids has just incredible balance to begin with mm -hmm. <laughs> um and actually it's funny they're like athletic and they're they're each athletic in their own unique way mm -hmm. um and but they they love ice skating they love it so much um now I actually just moved and I have like a proper outdoor space and I want to get like, I want to set up like nets and like a little um, nice. like ice to like stick handle and whatever. So I don't know, maybe, maybe they'll get into it now that I have a little more space in the yard. So do they, do they come to your games? <gasps> oh my God. Um, so it's quite rare because the games are really, really late, late um, yeah. but are there There's, any women playing generally? I wanted to ask you. Like, are there any women there that are playing? Yeah. So there are games. There, there are like pickup games. Um, and you know, in the in the casual pickup games, there are women that come. Mm. Um, but my kids came to, um, my kids got to experience and watch, like one of the greatest sporting moments I will I've ever had and will ever have in my life. Um, yeah. if there's time, I can share it. Cause it's yeah, just, a go, yeah. go for it. so I'll try and make it short, but, um, you know, I'm in this league, uh, our team is the Knights and actually our jerseys kind of look very similar to the golden Knights, the Vegas golden Knights. Um, and it's a bunch of awesome guys that I've been playing hockey, ice hockey with for, for a while now in Israel, 
just great dudes north americans like all you know um international immigrants uh from uh us and canada um and our team made it to the the finals um and the finals it's best of 3 so you have to win two ah. games um the first game we lost i was out of town um the second <laughs> game <laughs> uh the second game uh we won and then so it's game 3 you know yeah it's like game seven, you know, and, you know, winner takes all winner takes the championship. Uh, so my kids came to this game and um, it's uh, actually a rather low scoring game. It's one, one after regulation, the game goes into overtime and wow. sudden death overtime. And the league adopted what the NHL started doing, which is uh three on three. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Which is just super exciting and crazy. Uh, and they put me on the ice for uh to start and i'm coming down the left side and i you know cut to the right shoot goes through the goalie's legs uh. all game over championship one on that shot it is that is the best single greatest thing and my kids it's were there a, it was it's the mighty ducks moment that's it, is it a right there it's crazy because I've never even been in a situation. I've never even been in that type of moment, right? Not only did I not win, but I never even had that moment, right? Then to for our team to win and for to cover off my stick was just the great, and for my kids to be there was just one of the greatest moments. Uh, and it was just you know last year. Uh, it was really really cool. Yeah, awesome. awesome. And speaking of moments, you know this is the Two Dad to Quit podcast. Yeah. And so we like all of our guests to share a two dad to quit moment, a moment when you've been proudest, you know, that moment when you you're full of pride and your face lights up when you talk about it. And I know it's going to be hard to beat that story, but uh, I, <laughs> I have I have faith that you can do it. Uh, so we'd like, love for you to share one of those moments with our audience. Yeah, sure. I was thinking about this. I was like, what what moment can I find? Um and I, I actually, I, it's, it's not one single moment. Uh, sorry to be cheesy, but <laughs> <laughs> it's every day. No, but <laughs> I actually really feel like it's these everyday moments with my kids. Um, and, you know, as you guys can see, and as I've talked about, just like gratitude and appreciation is such an important um, trait that I try and have, and I try and teach to my kids. Uh, I think it's um, something that my kids have really taken on and just have naturally, but also yes. it's because of the way that we've raised our kids to be super appreciative of everything and to not spoil them. And we really don't. Um, so I think like the two dad to quit moment is really every single time I, I tell my kids that like, we're going to do something, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to you know, or here's this gift, or we're going to a certain friend's house, right? Or like, whatever it is, their reaction is one, their eyes light up, and they're so excited. They're like, <gasps> you know, it could be anything like, oh, like, um, you know, we're going to uh, such and such uh, house for, you know, Friday night dinner. <laughs> or like I'll get them a gift and it'll be like a bracelet from one of my trips and they'll be like oh my god I love it they're just so 
happy and they're not like well why doesn't it push buttons and like (laughs) like show me videos you know they're just super appreciative of every little thing and i think there's so much that we can learn from our kids you know who in general like naturally babies and kids they just look at the world like whoa how does that work that's so cool and they're so appreciative and then you know, unfortunately, sometimes technology can just like ruin that. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently I started, I actually just, I didn't even make the connection, but recently I remember like well, two weeks ago. Yeah. No, last week, I think it was two, two weeks ago. I was just like walking throughout Tel Aviv and I was like, I just started appreciating things around me. And I'm like, wow, look at the building, look at the flowers, the lights. And I was like, cool. I'm going to walk home and just be a little kid. <laughs> I just appreciate yeah, all these. That's awesome. And all of a sudden my like world lit up and I'm like, there's so much beauty around me. And we just like, we just walk through it. Like we don't appreciate it sometimes. Yep. 100%. Um, and the last thing that we like to leave all of our audience with is some tips or advice that you would give to anyone that's going through a divorce, thinking about divorce, uh, already on the other side of divorce. Um, Something that you learned that that we haven't covered today that you think uh, you would like to share with, and you know you get those calls, um, and you know who knows going to listen to this and it's you can have a real impact. Yeah, I mean, I trying to think if there's anything else I can add. Um, you know, hopefully most of what I said today, you know, can be helpful. Yeah, um, I would say, like. Don't don't be afraid to share your feelings with other people. Uh, mm. Talk to people. Find a friend, a confidant, somebody that you can, you know, really speak to. And sometimes it's hard with family, right? Because they they they're like almost like they can be like so sad for you, right? And you're like, you don't want somebody who's just gonna feel sad for you. You want somebody who you can really trust somebody who can just give you perspective um, and not necessarily somebody who's been through it. Right. Mm-hmm. But of course it definitely helps, you know, um, if it's someone who's been through it, but the other two things are just like communication and, and gratitude. Like, I think if you have proper communication with your kids, with your ex, with your family, um, so much can come from that. And and gratitude, just appreciate every moment because you don't know when this moment that you're having right now is gonna be, which seems mundane, is gonna be the most amazing moment for you, you know, 10 years from now. And you're gonna be like, I wish I had this moment. And you're living it right now. So appreciate it. That's that amazing. Incredible yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 Brian, th- thank you so much for this. We this was a blast and uh it's a ton. Yes. Amazing. Guys, yeah, this was super fun. Really, really enjoyed this. My first time doing a podcast. Uh so uh yeah, hopefully this takes off my podcast guest career. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, if, you, if you need any references. Um <laughs> Yeah, and appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Sure. And this has been the Two Dad to Quit podcast. Thank you for listening. We can find you can find us at two dad to quit.com, two dad to quit on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, 
Don't forget to check out our Eclipse channel, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Two Dad to Quit podcast. Available twodadtoquit.com. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode.